Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 9th of January 2022. Adric glanced for a moment at the man in whose ship he had stowed away. He felt like the most fortunate boy in the universe. Did anyone anywhere live a more interesting life than his? <laughs> I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. With 2022 now well underway, we continue to bring you everything that you need to know about the latest audio drama and audiobook releases from Big Finish Productions. Kapow. And before we go any further, let us introduce to you our special podcast guest for this week, Big Finish producer Heather Challens. Hello, Heather. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Since Can you complain? <laughs> How are you, more importantly? I'm good. I'm good. Busy. Busy as the year gets started. That's what we like to hear. We like busy over at Big Finish, don't we? Get on with it. All right. Fine, fine. Well, after a chat with Heather about Third Doctor Adventures, The Annihilators, and Big Finish's upgraded tagline, uh, we'll be launching straight into our good review guide, this week covering Torchwood, Lease of Life, starring Bern Gorman. Are we in danger? Not if I can find the source in time. Then we dive behind the scenes with the worlds of Blake Seven, The Terra Nostra, starring Sally Nivette as Jenna and Michael Keating as Villa. A perfect match between stimulus and response. Then it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. I'm looking forward to finding out what's on your minds. Your minds. (laughs) The Daleks are back yet again in our also-available segment as Matthew Waterhouse talks about performing his fourth Doctor audio novel, Watchers. Watcher. I'm Matthew Waterhouse. I'm the writer and reader of... Doctor Who watches. Then returning to warm the cockles of our hearts is the randomoid Selectatron, giving you a staggering 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Even the best thieves get it wrong sometimes. Wow. Uh, And then we round things off with a free 15-minute drama tease of The World of Blake 7, The Terra Nostra, Stimulus Slash Response by James Kettle. I don't believe I've had the pleasure. This is business, not pleasure. Stimulus slash response. (laughs) I didn't know whether to just say stimulus response or what. Do you know, I I don't know either, Heather. There's a slash in the the script, so I'm going with it. Yeah. Sorry, Benjamin. I feel like the big. I feel like the big finished podcast is the perfect place to, uh, to. You know, we always say punctuation out loud, full stop, capital letter. You know, that's just what we do. (laughs) Full stop. <laughs> Do we? Question mark. Uh, listen. Um, <sighs> so the Annihilators coming out next month, featuring the third yeah. and second Doctors. Heather, give us your yeah. perspective as producer. My, my perspective as producer is I was in charge of getting everyone in the same room. Uh, no, it. Not actually. It's, it's very exciting. No, not actually. God, no. The virtual room. The virtual room. There were many rooms involved. <laughs> over many days um yeah i can't believe it's it's going to be out next month it feels like we only did it a couple of weeks ago and yet time seems to have flown yeah goodness me i i was just thinking i i I must have started doing the music and then got covid and then finished the music after i got covid is that right yeah yeah i think it is i think it is It, it i mean when God, when when did we record this? 
in November, was it? No, was it earlier than that? No, because um, volume eight came out in October, didn't it? Yeah. And it was it was before that came out, definitely. So Benji, do you it, remember it, because you uh, you actually came in and did a recording day on it, didn't you? Because what, yeah, you were our I emergency. Emergency. Yes, that's right. Yes, I was happily minding my own business, <laughs> and I got the phone call that said uh, we need we need somebody to come in and, and pick this up. There's been a problem because the problem is everybody is that when we do these remote recordings, there's nearly always something that goes wrong uh, somewhere along the lines. Uh, all the time internet dropouts for example happen uh, and they never happen any other time but for some reason when people record and the microphone is on things go wrong um, but we deal with it so you know that's that's the importance of having an engineer is just well, it was because uh, uh, Jack Townley was recording it wasn't he and he yeah then- he was re- his offices uh, where he where he had his whole setup I think the floor above they were doing renovation work or oh, something no. along no, no, those no. lines and it knocked out the wifi no, it was just an outage with the was it just an it outage in that in the area he was in yeah oh. there was a general outage of internet there <laughs> outage it, it sounds happened. so violent doesn't it it happens yeah. but it seems it always happen when when recordings taking place but it's a very bizarre you are. I've hardly ever had any problems on my recordings well, there we go. It does. It does happen. It does happen. But it, it was a. It was a nice recording to be drafted into, wasn't it, Benji? Um, it was. I, I. I love doing it. You know, I love doing it. It's always great fun, and as always, you know, you. It's. It's a delight listening to people having a lovely time. Yeah, and Benji, you have such a brilliantly relaxed attitude to it. It's just everyone is. Uh, you know what I mean? It help. It helps with the atmosphere to have you there. Although, of course, Jack's lovely as well. Just in case he's listening. <laughs> oh, Jack's fantastic. <laughs> I might go in next time and just be really stressful. Yes, yes, hurry up. Do that line, for God's sake. For goodness, we're, we're behind by two minutes now. Or just be like goodness. really laissez-faire, like, oh, you wanted me to record that, did you? Well, you should have said. It's all right, we'll just do it's it. It's not good to assume things. We'll just do it in post, it's fine. Yeah, just do it in post. Um, so we've, we've, no, we've done the whole thing of announcing the, the, the second Doctor being in it now. We, yeah, yeah, that came out. But we've that not, came out. We've not actually announced it on the podcast, so for people listening, they might not have been aware. Nick, would you like to explain? Yes, the second Doctor's in it. <laughs> Good enough, there we go. Yes, Ta-da. yes, but, but, but. <laughs> yeah, he, he turns up... Um, well, he's in it right from the word go, actually, isn't he, in a small way? I think I think Benji wants you to say... Who's playing? Oh, him. it's Michael Troughton, son of there Patrick. There we Trout. go. That, thanks, there ben, thanks go. Heather, for prompting me. Oh, can you hear the helicopter dear, dear. going over? It's it's Michael Troughton oh. landing in the garden now. <laughs> I'm here, sort of like the president. You're right. <laughs> oh no, he's done an amazing job, and um, yeah. As a s- it was so wonderful listening to the edits and seeing the and hearing the performance because did I mean did we get Tim and Michael in on the set. We did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We did have a day with did the two we? of them. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but there are there were some scenes that we had to record multiple times, and yeah, and yeah. sometimes it, you can feel a bit like, oh, it's it's quite fragmented. Is this gonna? But then you get the edits, and it's like, oh, this is beautiful. Yeah, when it's when it's good, it's it all really works. Good. If they're acting properly, and if they're being given a good stimulus, as it were, by someone reading in, the performances mm. always match up. It's really lovely. Yeah, and we're really lucky with the with the actors that we get to 
reading because they they give it their all every time. They do. I think we had Mark Elstob and Sam Stafford uh, reading. Both in. of them, lovely, lovely human beings. Mm. They were reading, and they have yeah. other parts. Yeah, exactly. They were reading the, the audio. Yeah, they were reading in, but also, I mean, I think Mark's tour de force is the Greshtronor leader. Yes, I don't know whether that's quite pipped his Liz Shaw when he had to read in for Daisy, but um, (laughs) yes, it's it's. He did do rather a soft voice, didn't he, for Liz Shaw? But Doctor, oh, he fully commits. (laughs) Totally, that's brilliant, isn't it? It's like Barnaby Edwards is like that as well. If you get him to read in. It's just, and he loves doing it as well. Do you, I say, you know, do yeah. I not actually playing a part and just, and he goes, no, I love it. There's no responsibility. <laughs> I can just do what I like. And he just does the most outrageous and brilliant things. You think, he actually <laughs> did it for me for um, a, a, a play that will remain nameless at the moment. The other day where he was reading in for someone and I said, oh God, I think I prefer that. <laughs> I think for that small part, I might actually, and he said, mm. it was where I was directing and I had COVID-19. And so it was when I just caught the virus and I wasn't, I was getting oh, it. I know, I know what this is for. And he, yeah, yes. and he, yeah. And Barney said, when I said, I think I'm going to use you for that part. He said, I think that's the COVID talking, Nick. <laughs> said you've got in a haze of illness you... oh yes no i know what you're talking about now okay all right i was like oh, all right it's jekyll and hyde there you go um anyway <laughs> well you know we've got to give it all the publicity we can yeah. um now the other thing i wanted us to chat about was the you might have noticed that now it no longer says big finish we love stories it says big finish for the love of stories which has plagued my Twitter with people asking me, is this a typo? Is this permanent? Is this a... Oh, I'm not even going to answer Wow, this. your it's Twitter not... sounds a lot more exciting than mine. <laughs> is it a typo? How could it be a typo of We Love Stories for the love of stories? It's a graphic. For the, the whole... love of stories. Shall I do the corporate thing and explain about it? Oh, please do. Yes, why not? Eh? <laughs> oh, they've both left. Um, Benji's gone to the pub for a kebab. Um, so, oh, no, it's a puck of pie, sorry. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Not that anyone knows. Chicken one. and mushroom, if anybody's Was it chicken uh, and mushroom? really. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Very nice Classy. too. Classy. With chips. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> and <laughs> um, yeah, when we uh, came up with We Love Stories, we did it years and years ago, and it was rather. It, it was always a placeholder, really. We said, well, look, you know, uh, without sort of further consideration, let's just say that because it's true. We love stories. And of course, you know, it's caught on and everyone's got used to it. Everyone who already loves Big Finish, everyone's used to it. We're all used to it. We love it. Um, but then we uh, found some time to talk to some lovely people who deal with uh, branding and marketing and stuff. Um, I don't know whether it's ethical to mention their name. I, well, they're very, uh, they're called Platform. And uh, we we had, um, you know, uh, we went through a process with them and they were brilliant people. Uh, Justin and Kate and they taught and they interrogated our brand you know they looked at it and thought you know what works with it what what we should say about it and everything and they said the problem with we love stories is that it's a statement of intent um and a tagline should be something that gives people a reason for engaging with you uh and even though no one ever took it this way, saying we love stories, it's all about us, us saying we love stories. It doesn't give any participation to the audience. Mm. And so now you look at Big Finish and you say, what's it for? It's for the love of stories. So not just our love, not us sitting here going, we love stories, big smug grin. 
you know, it's for your love of stories as well. If you love stories, then you'll love us too. And so that's that's the idea. It's a more um, uh, inviting, inclusive um, tagline. And I, and it's been on this pod. It was on this podcast last week with Tom Baker saying it, and will have been this week with Tom Baker saying it. And I think people will get used to it. But I do understand that people don't like change because if you're already on the inside of Big Finish, as it were, already loving it then it doesn't matter to you that it says we love stories. You don't think that it's non-inclusive. But I think for, and we always want new people to get involved. And I think for the love of stories really communicates that. I've, I was, in, the moment they suggested it, they were very nervous about suggesting it. They, they had a big build up and a presentation talking about it all. And then they hit us with the slide that came up and said, big finish for the love of stories. And uh, I wrote on a piece of card I had near me, 10, like a score and then when they finally said what do you think of it i just held it up <laughs> you know like, like strictly come dancing you know? and they were really impressed that i had something there i said well i wrote that the moment i i read it i thought it was good so anyway i'm sure some of you are thinking oh i don't like change I'm, i don't like change much as well but i think this is a good change it's 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 time you know i do think it's time to freshen things up a bit and it's nice you know i noticed this morning actually that uh, Big Finish's Twitter is now Big Finish Insider. Yes. Mm. There we go. See, so even more little snippets of change. Well, that there. happened um, on... Uh, well, both these things happened on New Year's Day. There we go. Didn't make it. Yes. Well, they, they do have the inside scoop. I mean, they know things that I don't know. I'm forever being told things by the Big Finish Twitter. Yeah. The Big Finish True. Insider. They even know what's in the fridge in the office. <laughs> They'll tell me when my releases are out. Yeah. Oh, well, there's... I'll just wake up one day and it's like, it's out now. Is it? There's a schedule. Maybe you'd like to Well, on my that. schedule, it says here, it says it's time for the good review guide. I don't know about you. Ooh. But uh, this is where we find the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. Oh, so beautifully done. Benji, I, I, could almost I love cry. a segue. I cry. <laughs> and as promised, this week we're looking at Torchwood Lease of Life. Here we are. Lot of potential. So it's uh, two bedrooms officially, though one's on the small side. I like to think of that as uh, bijou. <laughs> uh -huh. From Big Finish Productions, Torchwood, Lease of Life. Estate agent? Uh, temporarily. For heaven's sake! Is milk off? Nobody ever bloody checks. <laughs> oh, what is that smell? The drains, it's fine, it comes and goes. Uh, the mould, is it always this bad? When it's Nye's turn to clean the bathroom, yes. Look, mate, I've had enough of this. What's going on? Are we in danger? Not if I can find the source in time. Source? It, it's mould. It grows in the dam. Yeah, this is not just any old mould. In a nutshell, big alien thing probably going to kill us all if I can't stop it. You said it had defences. It does. I'm really not looking forward to what it does next. I think it's about time I call for backup. Big finish. We love stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type lease of life into the search pane at the top to enjoy this creepy Cardiff-based chiller. Oh. She's a lovely person, isn't she? Lease of life. <laughs> um, 
Well, that's a dad joke there. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's why I laughed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I didn't. Yes, there we Fair go. Fair uh, warpedfactor.com uh, Tony Flyer it says here uh, once again typed as Flyer um, that's so Alfie Shaw w- w- typing these up he keeps typing Flyer rather than Filer <laughs> Tony, I love Tony Flyer I think what, what, a, what a fab name that is Tony Filer uh, Tony Filer son of Bill Filer the Axons um, <laughs> which I watched again again recently I love it I didn't realise oh, I didn't realise that people didn't like the Axons. I just I, I, I had no idea that really? people didn't like it. I just thought it was just a good story. I didn't I didn't get that that was a thing, but apparently it is. Did you uh, did you get that video I sent you, Benji? Do you remember? That's very vague. You've sent me lots of videos. <laughs> it doesn't really narrow it down, does it? Um, I wonder if I can find it easily. Oh, here we go. Wonder if I get the sound up. I mean, that's just, that's Bill Filer having a sort of uh, feverish nightmare. And you must have seen that, you know, and the things to say when you're having a nightmare must not distribute is not one of the ones that really springs to mind. Must not distribute. (laughs) Must not disseminate extra information to the file. You know, it's just kind of, well, you, you don't say things like that when you're... You can't just, just be vague, for goodness sake. You'd be saying sake. something like, don't do it, it's dangerous, or Stop, something like no. that. Yeah. yeah I'm not da- even that coherent awake. <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk to you about da- that. It's dangerous is very 70s. No, it's dangerous. Um, well, there was, a great, there was a great one. There's a great 70s line the other day that um, I've been laughing about ever since. Is, um, is the famous line when they say things... If somebody's acting in a way, they say... My goodness, he's depraved. <laughs> like nobody says that anymore. He's depraved. Well, no one ever says "for pity's sake," but I always have to for put it in my sake. Doctor Who scripts. For pity's sake, man! For pity's sake, man! Pull yourself together. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lease of Life is a rollicking adventure of seemingly natural, rapidly advancing threat against which there appears to be no defence. <gasps> in that sense, is a classic pulp fiction horror story with a torchwood twist. <laughs> What elevates it above even great pulp is that tortured twist, the characterization of Owen trying to herd the cats of the housemates before everything goes spectacularly moldy. Wow. Um, uh, th- uh, th- that voice of increasing desperation as the options narrow and the inevitability of the mold engulfing everything gives the story a modern rawness that will get your pulse racing and have you pulling on your rubber gloves or rather pulling on your rubber gloves but you could pull on your rubber gloves just pull on them would you pull them you know have you put I mean yeah you would (laughs) you would I suppose you would put them on and then pull them yeah gloves can be acquired before or after listening to this release (laughs) you can even buy them from your local garage or steal them because they do give them out for free sometimes well it's not stealing them they're giving them out for free I suppose it's not well, okay. Are, the, you know, are those, are those the plastic ones rather than rubber? It varies. Rubber it varies from, oh. from garages to garages. So if something's fine. free. How classy How classy the garage. If someone says to you, this is free, and then you take it, they go, you've just stolen that. You just told me it was free. <laughs> That's going to be my new thing. Just be, just become a really horrible person. Like, stop. Would you like a nibble? They're free. Oh, thank you. How dare you? <laughs> those are my nibbles. You invite someone you've around. insulted my mother. <laughs> invite someone around for dinner, and while they're eating, you go, you've stolen my food. <laughs> <laughs> you st- 
Well, are you going to pay it back? That'll be twenty-five pounds and fifty pence. I'd like to do that. Present them with a, a with a bill at the end of yes. the night. Yeah. Um, uh, service is optional, but we do say thirty percent. Now I've looked in the mini bar, and you did have three beers last night and half a bottle of wine. You but gave them we, to me. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid it's not what it says here on your bill, sir. Uh, Heather, what's next on the bill? Yeah. Uh, it is a review from IndianMacUser.co.uk, and I'm going to get this surname wrong. Well, we never know. Jacob Licklider? Well, that's what it looks like to me. That's what we would say, yeah. 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 Jacob, uh, Lease of Life is an emotional hour-long horror story from a writer who is finally allowed to step outside of his customary range, a director who understands exactly how to bring horror to the forefront, and four performers who are all brilliant at bringing these characters, especially the one-off characters, to life. A must-have that will resonate with everyone. 10 out of 10. Wow. Boom. I, I give bang. that review 5 out of 5. Uh, SciFiBulletin.com, Paul Simpson. Hiya, Paul. Uh, Aaron Lamont's tale for Byrne Gorman's Owen Harper is a bit of a slow burner to begin with. But stick with it. That was a slow burner. She didn't laugh. I was just clearing my throat. I'm loving the sound effects, really. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's an audio podcast. I'm going for it. Um, Things start to go awry pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. People don't say awry in normal conversation either, do they? That's a review word, isn't it? Awry. I try to say it it sometimes. It is nice, but do we say it? You don't say, things have gone a bit awry today. We don't say it. I do sometimes say it. It probably crops up in my emails. I I tend to say Uh. it, but but then things started to go awry, I like Mm, to say. That's that's something I say. No, no, well, I'm not criticising it. I like it. Uh, Things Mm. start to go awry pretty quickly. And the stage is set for some of the most gory body horror that the series has done. <gasps> Everyone else is sort of saying it's just like a bit frightening. And this is gory body horror. It's terrifying. You certainly don't want to be thinking too long about the fates of some of the characters. And I'm quite glad that they're not depicted on the cover. A very strong, tortured episode. Nine out of ten. That's all right. Well, I, I sense that Paul was a little bit timid about the horror in there. but uh, Yeah. If you like horror, that's a big recommendation. I give that review 17 out of 23 and a half. Very specific, mm. but. I like fair, to be specific, specifically. Pacific, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's an ocean of Doctor- comments I could. An, uh, hey, Ida Wood of the Doctor Who Companion.com says uh, psychological horror adds to the gruesomeness in the final act, which ends with an immense final scene. That is another tortured highlight across all mediums. It's so cruel yet incredibly crafted, putting a normal person in a horrible and extreme situation. Mm-hmm. And then having the Institute just do what it does by focusing on the bigger picture. It's horrible but brilliant. A bit like me, that's that's how I like to be remembered. Um, and possibly one of those moments that is just screaming for a sequel. Oh. <laughs> and there it goes. Will we get one? Who knows? I'm just uh, filling in then because the um, the hyphenation was on again. Oh, it's always one, isn't there? So I've, I was removing the hyphenation because it was just driving me mad. Um, oh, yes, there is, there's one on my neck. Thank you for reminding me, oh, actually. It's just annoying, yeah. isn't it? Now, this is another interesting typo by Alfie Shaw. <laughs> Thedigitalfix.com. And he said it's by Bad Greenland. I'm pretty certain it's Baz, <laughs> isn't it? Am I right? 
I'm that Baz. Yeah, is that another typo? No, that was my typo. Yeah, yeah. I'm what have I got? I'm that I'm that Baz. I don't know what. I don't. It was six thirty in the morning when I was writing this. Wow. Lease of Life is an unpleasant horror done in a very entertaining manner it does what Torchwood does best putting very real characters in everyday situations with a horror twist <laughs> and ramping it up to 10 Ooh. one thing is for certain you'll never look at that damp patch on your wall the same way again I haven't got a damp patch on my wall thank you very much and he's ramped it up to 10 so I give that 10 out of 3,000 <laughs> pretty good really Okay, so uh, Julia Tybert, which is what I'm going with and I'm sticking with. It might be wrong, Julia, let us know. Uh, from blogtohu.com uh, says, It seems Owen's adventures usually lean more into the horror genre of alien encounters and lease of life is no different. Mm-hmm. It's a horror... It's No, it's not. It's a story that starts off a little slow, but once it gets going, becomes totally engrossing and sometimes very gross. Oh. The script from Aaron Lamont is wonderfully creepy. Bern Gorman was amazing as always, bringing depth and charm to a character it is hard to like, but easy to love. Oh. This is another great addition to Torchwood's monthly range. That's uh, that's interesting, isn't it? The whole uh, hard to like, but easy to love. What? Discuss. I suppose it's to do with floors, isn't it? Not ceilings. No, not ceilings. <laughs> But just, just in a sense of a, of a, a, there's understanding a character, and liking their development or their complexity, but not necessarily wanting to be best mates with them. But what's this thing about easy to love but not to like? What do you think, Benji? Sympathising. No, I mean it's that thing, isn't it, though, that some people are in love with people but they don't actually like them. Yeah, I think you you can be in love you can be in love with the idea of somebody, but perhaps not like the intricacy of them. I don't know. I just thought it was funny, but you two being so serious about it, I'm <laughs> let's just move on to the next release. Damn it, Benji, we weren't funny enough. Oh, but damn, we do the funny thing. You're damn, funny damn, and blast dance monkey. <laughs> dear, dear, well, cultbox.co.uk, Rich Cross. Uh, says here it sounds like that uh, why, uh, when I see Rich Cross I always think of White Cross from Survivors don't know why do you? yes we uh, we must go to Rich Croft R- Croft? Cross <laughs> never mind uh, as the first anniversary of the national Covid lockdown passes wow. the terror of being stuck at home whilst a killer infection threatens to bring down the world could scarcely have more salience mm-hmm. fortunately Lease of Life is a thoroughly diverting work of fiction ideal for enjoying on a socially distanced walk in the fresh air and sunshine of the great outdoors not seeing a lot of that sunshine of the great outdoors no. these days no. um, but I am seeing uh, it's actually it's it's five stars here there's four which are blue or purple I can't, don't know I'm colourblind and one which is actually blue. half blue or purple thank you half blue and half white ah. um, I think it's just a decorative sort of aspect to the fifth star there well again we should ask Nissa uh, McKinnon I was going to say Lisa McKinnon sorry Nissa um, Lisa McKinnon who you know who uh, we're having a sort of um, we're daring each other now aren't we the podcast and Nissa are daring each other to include more Nissa content 
I think she it's might true. turn up in listeners' emails later. Anyway, but I think she, she does. Yeah. yeah, she will have a, a theory about the uh, the four and a half stars. I think it, it's probably to do with um, supernovas. Uh, in the world of the Twitterati, at Redcoat Chazzles. <laughs> I hope that doesn't mean anything rude. It sounds rather saucy, doesn't it? At Redcoat Chazzles. Behind the bike shed. Uh, Torchwood Audio Review, Lease of Life. The blurb paints this story as standard Torchwood fare with Owen. It isn't. My God, it is not. This is the audio version of Junji Ito Manga with multiple levels of grotesque horror. Horror. I think you have to say horror like that. Horror. Worth the listen if you have the stomach. Do I have the stomach? Yes, I have the stomach. Okay, I'm ready to listen. I've got the stomach. Bring the kidneys and we'll begin the operation. (laughs) Forceps. Swab. Um, The final comment from... No need to be rude. And away we go, you swabs. That's a little Captain Pugwash joke for the people good, over 60. Got it. He um, knows. Poor Nye is the final comment from at Redcoat Chazzles. Uh, eight out of ten. I think that was a, um, that review was a ten out of ten review. Mm, yeah, so, I so I give that review seven out of... 98. All right. I'm going with that. If you're, if you're applying abstract theory, yes. Yes. Uh, abstract theory. Apply. Thank you. Another review from Twitter here, at yes. uh, Green Lantern 44. Hey, we always have to Yay. applaud now when we see at Green Lantern 44. I've introduced a new tradition, right? New rule, new rule. Hurrah, hurrah for Green Lantern 44. <laughs> hurrah. I may have lost. Uh, so, Torchwood Lease of Life from at Big Finish is an amazing hour long horror story. If you have a certain recurring nightmare, it will be blood curdling. Check it out. There's nothing good. better than a, a good, good bit of blood curdling, is yeah. it? A blood curdling scream. I like that they're not specific about the recurring nightmare. It, it'll it take you by surprise when you listen to it. Is it your recurring nightmare? Listen Oof. to find out. Find yeah. out. Is it, an, is it an axe-wielding homicidal maniac? Or is it or that is you've just gone to Halfords and forgot nightmare. to put on trousers? Both are valid, uh, yeah, horrible terrible. nightmares. Yeah. I, I, I give that review five out of four. Five out of four. Good, yeah, yeah. It's overstuffed with goodness. Um, well, we've got Jutta Sherlocked here. Uh, hashtag Torchwood Lease of Life was a brilliant piece of drama with many great character moments, but also with some of the best in a disgusting way. <laughs> Audio body horror. Uh, any- <laughs> anybody else feel like their teeth are falling out? <laughs> Heather, are your teeth falling out? Yeah, I don't, no. I don't know what you mean. No, but that's good enough for me. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so will I give that um, three out of two? Fifteen. Um, okay. That's it for the reviews this week. Brace yourself for a thundering good reviews guide next week. When we tackle the Ninth Doctor Adventures, Ravagers. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it felt like it needed that. Definitely. It did. So, still to come on the podcast, listeners' emails bring your New Year hopes and fears to our ears. Plus, we tease you with a preview of the Doctor Who audio novel Watchers, written and performed by Matthew Waterhouse, with a little help from Nick Briggs doing his Dalek thing. I am not Nick. He said it. He said it. 
But first, let's delve behind the scenes as we set course for the worlds of Blake Seven, oh. the Terra Nostra, and an episode in an episode entitled Stimulus Slash Response <laughs> or Stimulus Dash Response or just Stimulus Response. You you know, there's there's a world of options there depending on your preference. I'm Peter Angelidis. I'm the script editor and producer of Stimulus Response. To create your dream, I need to understand you. That's how we make the right dream for each of our dreamers. A perfect match between stimulus and response. Help me understand you. I'm a big fan of Chris Boucher's Blake Seven episodes, and the Terra Nostra stories are inspired by concepts and characters from his uh, season B story, Shadow. That episode thinks through some of the implications for the Liberator crew of interacting with the Terra Nostra, mostly through the moral certainty that Gan has about them. And we start off wondering if the crew can exploit the Terra Nostra to undermine the Federation, and by the end of it, there's no doubt that they're colluding with the Federation. And by the end of the whole second series, we've explored just how far Travis and Blake might go through to achieve their ends. I mean, both of them could have killed billions. Uh, So by the time of this audio, we're in season C, and there's a more ambiguous relationship with the Federation that sees our heroes reacting to events more, or with more selfish personal motivations. It doesn't go much deeper on the acceptable or unacceptable trade-offs they might make, but we had a chance to explore that anyway with this story by bringing in Jenna. Hello, my name's James Kettle and I wrote Stimulus Response. In my normal everyday life, I write programmes that get put on TV and uh, plays that get put on stages and films that never get made under any circumstances whatsoever. I'm currently writing the third series of July It's Got Your Back for Channel 4. In the world of Big Finish, I've written all sorts of things for various different ranges. Um, some of my favourites at the moment are Barristers of the Stars, which is a river song story, The Blazing Hour for the Fifth Doctor, and The Hunting Season for the Ninth Doctor. So the brief was to focus on the Terra Nostra. Um, so in coming up with the story, what I did first was think about a precinct where they would really work. And I love the fact that seaside towns can be so sort of seedy and attract uh, crime and a certain amount of grit. So it was easy to kind of move from, from that to the idea of a seaside planet, a resort, where organised crime, I thought, would become pretty central to the society. At the same time, I wanted to tease out one of the big implications of Shadow, which is an episode of Blake Seven that I really love. The idea that the Terra Nostra are a creature of the Federation, rather than just a sort of an autonomous crime syndicate, that that the Federation are up to the hilt in the Terra Nostra. And I love a whodunit, and that's definitely part of the mix here as well. You're something of a psycho-strategist yourself. Amateur level. Are you deciding to be chatty now? You'll work out why. Amateur. Stimulus Response is set on an exotic resort planet that is currently taking some steps towards independence from the Federation and trying to tackle problems of organised crime that are endemic within that society caused by the Terra Nostra. And while the idealistic new rulers of that planet are trying to forge a better society, the Terra Nostra and the Federation are determined to thwart any moves they might make. Into this comes Jenna, trying to make her own way in the universe following her departure from the Liberator. She's come to this resort planet with a priceless cargo of Herculaneum and is looking for a bidder. James has very cleverly offered further light and shade and he's pitted an aspirational and inspirational 
new political leader against the Terra Nostra, who's independent of the Federation. This uh, President Hessler is naive enough not to realise that the Federation and the Terra Nostra work closely together. But over and above all of this, we've got a mystery, and that mystery revolves around the planet's top attraction, which is a totally immersive artificial reality attraction called the Dream. Someone is murdering the people that are experiencing the dream, the holiday makers, with potentially dire consequences for the economy, reputation of the planet and the new government. My name is Lisa Bowerman and I directed this third series. It's much like, as, as listeners will find out, the, the, the theme of most of uh, this series, it's, it's this base of corruption and whether corruption can be used for good or for ill and obviously it reintroduces us to the character of Jenna and as we've found out during the course of these new sort of I suppose you could call them sort of chronicles of the um, of Blake Seven that they've all gone off and done their own thing and they're still skirting very close to what is legal and what isn't and obviously Jenna is ploughing her own furrow. So this is her her story and her own, I suppose, her own morality in a way, if you want to put it that way. I, I have to commend director Lisa Bauman on this series of stories. It's always a balancing act with identifying the right actors and getting in people familiar from big finished stories and bringing in new voices and juggling availability and course coordinating the performances in a remotely recorded COVID safe way thanks to the technical wizardry of Paul Midcalf at our recording studio. So if I tell you that this episode was especially fraught in the planning stages you might say so what because you you can't tell that from the brilliant final production and that recording day we had that studio recording day with the actors dialing in from their home studios all around the country it was full of enthusiasm and fun and laughter and wonderful performances and that's largely down to the hard work Lisa put into this. My name is Sally Nevet and I play Jenna Stannis. What did you burn? The moon discs on Zondar. I never sold Shadow. We destroyed it. There's not much in my life I'm proud of, but I'm proud of that. Well, I was actually very pleased when I read this one because I thought, I was a bit surprised when I did one before Liberator because I thought, crikey, how old am I meant to be? Whereas this one after Liberator, I mean, there's a whole lifespan which she has after Liberator. And it's great to see her finally sort of being the person I always really thought she was, which is a feisty freedom fighter, intergalactic space pirate. I mean, I think she's got some darker sides to her now than I thought she had when I originally played her. I mean, for instance, she was quite happy to do a deal with the Terra Nostra at the beginning of this episode for her own gains. So she's not quite as morally squeaky clean as I used to see her. <laughs> but she's a survivor. Yeah, I mean, I still see her as somebody who's always on the side of good if she can to help others and to confront the baddies. But it's, yes, it's great to see her finding her own ship, having to survive as a single woman freedom fighter, which uh, is very in tune with today's attitude for women. <laughs> We've already done stories about her time before being on board Liberator in the Babe and the Butcher series. And in the Clone Master series, we saw her in an adventure from her time on board the Liberator on a mission with Callie. 
So I thought, what if we find out what Jenna got up to after she left Liberator? I keep getting rid of the hyphenation, and it only seems Hyphen. to get rid of it in one paragraph. So I'm now going to select all. Remove go paragraph. To go to document hyphenation. Yeah. Maybe it just documents when it documents when there's a hyphenation. <laughs> and there was a hyphenation in paragraph four, page four. I think I've sourced it now. Excellent. Uh, just go to bigfinish.com and type in the Terra Nostra. Uh, that's T-H-E space T-E-R-R-A space N. Are you following me? Uh, no, I'm sitting down. Uh, I thought someone was following me. I hope there's no body horror happening here. N-O-S-T-R-A. This is going like liquid podcasting, isn't it? To join Jenna and Villa in a tale of interstellar crime and intrigue. And don't forget that at the end of this podcast, what? we'll be giving you a free 15-minute drama tease of the Terra Nostra starring Sally Nevette and Michael Keating. Lovely. But after a week off relaxing over the holidays, <sighs> it's time for the return of listeners' emails. Hold on a sec. You, you've got to say listeners' email <laughs> like that. I'm never coming back, ever. <laughs> oh, no. Never coming back. Come back <laughs> well, the emails are, are back. Yeah. Actually, yeah. aren't they? They've they been back. gone for a couple of weeks and they're back now. I love an email. Over Christmas, I was sitting there munching my second box of Quality Street, oh. eating essentially all the bits of Quality Street that other people have left over that they don't like. I like them all. Um, Except for the I toffee. Like I don't like the toffee much. Just, shall I tell you what an improvement actually is? Is do you remember that one that used to have a massive nut in the middle of it? Yeah, yeah, now the, purple sort of, the purple one. Yeah, they, they, I hated that when it had the big nut in it, and now oh, they've I got like rid. It. They've got rid of the big nut, have now, they? haven't they? I'm, be yeah. I'm believing. I'm eating it, thinking there is a big nut in it. So I don't think there is. I think there's just little shards of nut now. Well, they now just call it the purple one. You notice that on the um, on the menu mm. on the side, the purple one. Yeah. I love the one. Tell you the one that I never thought I'd like is the one that's basically <laughs> like a little bounty. See, I'm not a coconut fan. Aren't you? I never was, but suddenly I've just become Mr. Bounty. Oh. Sad fact for you before we begin the emails. There was going to be a, a big finish outing to a desert island, Heather. Well, now you, now you won't be able to come because you don't like coconuts. Well, the, the, the fact is that you wouldn't want to go to the Bounty Island where they filmed it because apparently it's covered in plastic now. Isn't that sad? Oh, if you remember those old oh. Bounty adverts, the Paradise and the Coconuts. Really? And, yeah, it's covered in plastic. They came really in sad. search of paradise, and they found it in Bounty. Yeah, sorry, that was That's it. A lot of plastic stuck to me, Bounty. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, uh, found it, though. Got, oh, plastic. <laughs> That's a bottle I think you'll find here. you're eating it without taking the wrapper off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, but it's uh, awful, but isn't you... it? That old plastic Very thing. Very sad. Yeah. It's awful. Just don't do it, guys. Just don't do it, you know. Use a bin at least. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to help. Don't think that makes any yeah, difference. I, I just, that I just said ship it. it off to a desert island. They just yeah, it's Benji's it bin full sea. of plastic for your chaps. Yeah. Here you go. Here's all the plastic you painstakingly recycled because the council told you to, and it all goes in the same thing. Um, never mind. Controversial. I'm just, just you know controversial there. Um, is it true? Who knows? Um, 
uh, if you want to send us an email you can just send it to podcast at bigfinish.com send it over get it out there we might read it out we might not uh, that's what happened to Jack Snelling uh, well, we who sent us this we email we should list we the read people it. Just... whose emails we haven't read out yes uh... <laughs> well we're doing it now <laughs> If this is you, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the subject of this one is Big Finish Day. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, I hope everything is okay with you both. Yes, well, there's three hello. of us at the yeah. moment. Yes. Uh, to keep it simple, I was just wondering if you had any update on Big Finish Day. Uh, for example, any idea when guests will start to be announced, etc. Uh, I love the 2019 one and have had these tickets purchased since September 2019. After two delays, I'm finally hoping that the scheduled event this April can go ahead, having pre-booked time off work. Oh, right. But, as I hope you can understand, feel that there's been a slight lack of information on who will be there slash the events of the day, so I was hoping you'd be able to shed a little light. Kind regards, Jack S. Jack S, that's a very good question. Are we Jacks. Have... Oh, Jacks, yes, let's conflate your name into Jacks. Just <laughs> Snelly. Um, I, Jack Snelly. It's a perfectly reasonable uh, question, and uh, Steve Hatcher, who's, uh, you know, one of the, the, the organiser of the Hoovers, and uh, who is massively important in Big Finish Day will be listening to this podcast and as a result of that will say yes guys isn't it time we announce something um, yes good idea we should yeah we should get on with that shouldn't we I mean I can say that I'm going like not as a guest but I've had my ticket since 2019 because I quite liked it <laughs> <laughs> so I met you, I'm, wasn't I'm, it? I met you at Big Finish Well, that's day, how I we all yeah. met. Yeah, yeah, that was Big in Finish the last one when we met you. 2019, yeah, yeah that's, how, that's, that's how we all met and became friends and I got a job. Goodness Happy me, times. it feels like, I, I feel like I've known you for about five years at least. It's been three-ish. Okay, well, it's uh, not five. It feels reasonable. <laughs> three years and COVID times is like five yeah. years though, isn't it, really? I feel like I've yeah. known you for three years and a day just the fun yeah so i'll 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 be there yeah yeah i'm sure you'll be required to be sort of guest like as well my god even though you've already bought a ticket that's incredible yeah well you know we'll see i'll buy you a drink (laughs) right you heard him people he's going to buy me a drink he can't get out of that now (laughs) one robinson's fruit (laughs) it's a verbal contract (laughs) anyway yes Carry on, please. Oh, yes. Next up, uh, it's an email from John G. Wood. John Wood. John Wood. John Wood. John Wood. John John G. Wood. Can't believe I actually nearly said that. Um, (laughs) The subject of this email is Happy Christmas Big Finish. This was sent on Christmas Eve. Very nice. Uh, Hey, BF folks. That's us. Uh, Big Finish folks. First, I want to send a big shout out to all the producers ah! who I feel get. That was a shout out. <laughs> I really thought you'd just fallen off the chair. <laughs> I just thought you were. Ah! <laughs> My wig's fallen off. Yeah. <laughs> no force move. All right, I'm going to get back to the bit where the, he, yes, he's praising do. people yeah, about yeah, my no. job. Yeah, yeah. Um, a big shout out to all the producers who I feel get less fan attention than writers, actors and directors. True. So I'm raising a big, well, just a glass. Uh, so it's about <laughs> just exaggerate. 
an enormous yeah. glass. It's ten foot it's high. It's a glass the size of the earth. <laughs> I'm lifting a rock, a mountain. Sorry, carry on. Dude, you're making me laugh now. A, a glass that contains the entire channel. This is hideous because um, normally I'm listening to the podcast and I'm allowed to laugh. But now I've got to read things out. Um, those, the madness is is indeed. It's part setting of it. in. Yes. Um, I sent I sent Nick a, a message last night saying I'm doomed, aren't I? <laughs> you did actually, yes. And now yeah. now I see what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> So John is raising a glass to David Richardson and his never-ending wellspring of ideas. Oh, that's nice. Yes, that's lovely. Uh, to Scott Hancock, who gives us the best CD extras. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> Controversial. Uh, to James Goss for keeping the Torchwood ship sailing smoothly through turbulent waters. Mm. To Alfie Shaw, who oh. keeps finding new ways to surprise. That's right, he hid in the wardrobe yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Alfie, stop surprising us like so that. So that's why you fell off the chair. Boo! Yeah. Ah, ah. <sighs> also, all those who have taken on the role in the past. The man who first took the helm, Gary Russell. John Ainsworth, whose uh, work I enjoyed even before I knew of Big Finish. Uh, and Ian Atkins, who reinvented the short trips for audio. Oh. There are others whose journeys have only recently begun, such as Emily Cook and Emma Haig. I no mention of you, though. No. No. Well, it's fine. I take that it's as fine. an insult. I'm not bitter. <laughs> but, I mean, we've got, we've got loads. Of, we've got um, Mark Wright as well, who's, mm. who's taking mm. on the first and second Doctors. We've got mm. uh, Dominic G. Martin, who his first release will be Peladon. That's, that's coming out soon. I think he co-produced that. Mm. Um, so we are knocking about. There are quite a few of us newbies. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I may not have heard your productions yet, but I will. Excellent. Yes, The Annihilators comes out February. That's February for The <laughs> Annihilators. Um, Last call, the gate 48. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what that sounded like. Isn't it? Yes. Well, I wanted uh, it to be important the information. leaving from Communicated in a very important way. Um, good, good. And if I've not mentioned your name, you didn't. Uh, I count <laughs> bitter. <laughs> no, it's lovely. It's lovely that there's an email for for. Uh, I, this is why you've got me to read it out. Um, I count at least a dozen more whose work I haven't heard or have only heard very occasionally. Don't think your contributions are any less appreciated. Oh well, I'm fine now. Okay. Phew. Uh, oh, and let's not forget the man who. <laughs> keeps more bo- <laughs> never ever coming back to this podcast um oh and let's not forget the man who keeps more balls in the air than the best of- <laughs> oh no ah. this is podcast gold <laughs> Uh, the man who keeps more balls in the air than Sylvester McCoy in the greatest show in the galaxy Mr Nicholas Briggs Aww. thank you sir thank you for the sir uh to you all, and to everyone else working to make Big Finish the best it can be, my favourite entertainment company. Oh, mine too. Um, cheers! A happy, safe, and prosperous Christmas and New Year to you all, John. That's oh, nice. I'm done. <laughs> she's throwing the script away. <laughs> throwing the script away. She's put her headphones down, and she's going straight down to the pop. She's pressed um, erase. Um, so, uh, 
That was very nice, John. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I don't know whether it's a prosperous new year, but it's, it's you know, happy uh, and safe. I think I was quite how safe. How depressing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if it's a prosperous new year. It's where uh, people have said to me, uh, did you have a nice Christmas and new year? And I, I sit like the man in a sandwich shop I go to. I said, it's, uh, I said, I won't ask you because all your customers will have been asking. I said, it was perfectly satisfactory. He said, yeah, <laughs> same here. Perfectly uh, satisfactory. It's like, it's like answering, um, it's like saying when someone says, uh, how are you? And you go, not too bad. Yeah. Like, I always say not that. Catastrophic, not catastrophic. Like but I'm not good. I like that line from... Um, uh, Chernobyl, you know, he says, not great, not terrible. I, I use that a lot nowadays. I've never seen yeah. it. Not great, not terrible. Or well, my favourite one, which is, no, uh, it was nothing spectacular. Nothing sensational. Oh, by the way, when people ask you how you are, the rule is that they don't actually want to know. No, it's, it's, a, it's sort of, not even a rhetorical question. It's a formality. Question. It's yeah, a formality. You, you see that, so I deliberately tell people how I am, and you see the look on their face like, oh, I didn't want to know that. This is why I never ask you, Nick. Exactly. I'll send you an email about it. Um, um, And finally, huge build-up. Roll on the drums. Sandwich on the tambourine. It's Nissa McKinnon, folks. Just when you thought that Nissa McKinnon couldn't send anything else to the podcast. Bending the fabric of time and podcasts, she says in her subject line. Uh, Happy season tidings. Uh, to the Big Finish crew. This came on the 19th of December when uh, Elizabeth's emails was having a little break. Last, so last year, isn't it? So last year, isn't it? Wishing everyone good food, good health and safely meeting in these holiday times. Plus another nod to Nick and Benji. Not nodding, nodding back. I'm nodding. Yeah. <laughs> nodding off. Uh, <laughs> imagine my surprise when I started work then heard a teaser for what I suspected was a small, my small email. <sighs> This was an unexpected delight. We actually trailed her email in the opening of the podcast, didn't we? Uh, Then you threw down the challenge. Well then, here you go and answer. Soon I expect you will be demanding that I stop going on about the snow or something that teases something I may have previously submitted. (laughs) Then I expect in 50 years there will be the one-word Zoomer call at a big finish day. (laughs) Just imagine getting her up on the screen. Just One word. Hi. Thank you, Nissa. Uh, Very and important. that was Nissa Thank McKinnon. Nissa live from the US. Uh, I am sure then you will know the facetiousness that has been released. I so tend to go on. So just let this end at your pleasure. You are giving this fan the third best thing I want from you. Yours <laughs> in time, Nissa McKinnon. Do we need to know what the other two are? No, yeah. I don't know. I've no idea. Oh, I think it's time for another email. So she just lays, lays out all of her terms. This is what this is what we want. And we just we just comply. Nissa, Heather has laid down the challenge for you. Well, I'm not going to be here. So I don't have to deal with the consequences. Are you seriously never coming back to the podcast? Well, if you ask really nicely. Well, all right. We'll discuss this later. Depending on the editing. <laughs> Well, that's it for the emails this week, anyway. Uh, next week, there will be three new emails from this McKinnon. Possibly four now. I'm mm. kidding. Or am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows?
The Randomoid Selectatron will be returning very soon, giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What'll it be? We genuinely don't have a clue until Benji clicks the button. It's true. I don't know. No, we just don't know. know. Uh, But before that, it's time for Also Available. This week, Mm. it's Watchers, a brilliant new audio novel from Big Finish, obviously. Written and performed by Matthew Waterhouse. Big Finish presents Doctor Who, Watchers. Written and read by Matthew Waterhouse, with Nicholas Briggs as the Daleks. For Christopher Hamilton Bidmead. I'm Matthew Waterhouse. I'm the writer and reader of Doctor Who, Watchers. Adric glanced for a moment at the man in whose ship he had stowed away. He felt like the most fortunate boy in the universe. Did anyone anywhere live a more interesting life than his? Once we'd decided the period we were going to write about, that the story formed itself fairly quickly. The characters came. The minute they came to my head, I sort of knew who they were and, and where they would be coming from and where they would be going. It, it sort of it worked itself out quite elegantly and quite, quite fast in its essence. The cyborg saw the long skeletons resting face down on the central console. You killed all these people? He seemed impressed. Goodness, no, they've been in this condition for centuries. I wasn't even born last time they were alive. Well, I don't think I was. I was very young, at least, and had done no space travelling. The gun arm dropped. You don't look like him. Like who? The creature who stole my daughter. He was green. Reptilian. I'm certainly not those things. Not in this incarnation, at least. During lockdown, I was reading some John le Carre and I sort of thought, wouldn't it be fun to do something that has a little tinge of John le Carre and put that into the sort of Doctor Who world? And um, I remembered the, the watcher. I saw Logopolis actually with Chris Bidmead only a couple of years ago at the BFI. We did one of those, you know, those events where we watched the four episodes and, and then we spent you know, half an hour or 40 minutes or so talking about it afterwards. So Logopolis is very fresh in my mind. Uh, and I remember The Watcher very well, and I liked the idea that perhaps I could fit that sort of John le Carre-ish imagery in with um, with what we already knew about the uh, the strange projection that appears in Legopolis and eventually becomes a part of the Doctor's regeneration, merges into the Doctor at regeneration. Uh, so I liked the idea of toying with both those ideas as one. So you are not one of these Lord de Tom... Goodness me, no! I graduated summer come laude from the academy, but I am a girl who likes to travel. Had I not been a watcher, who knows, I might have become one of our notorious renegades. No, this suits me much better than office work. Marcel blinked and stared. The elegant woman continued. Milady, in, in, in terms of the instant moment of, of, of making the piece, she came very alive for me in my imagination quite quickly and she told me where she came from. That, that, I know that sounds a bit pretentious perhaps, but it's absolutely true. People who write will tell you that characters do engage your imagination in that way. They sort of make themselves and you just let them live to the best of your ability. In a longer term sense, not Milady specifically, but I mean, I, I've had a sort of sense of the image of her in my head uh, one way or another over many years. I remember in the mid-1980s, I met the American poet and writer Maya Angelou, who entered the room. Maya Angelou was about six foot tall in her stocking feet. And she came in in African robes and with a headdress. And it was a stunning 
moment. She just was an extraordinary... She, she moved beautifully as well. She had been a dancer. And so she moved into the room in these extraordinary clothes, and it was a beautiful moment. I remember thinking, even then, if there was ever on... on, on oh, if there was going to be a, a woman doctor, that look would be a fantastic one for it. So somehow that stayed around in my imagination. I've spent, in over the last 30 years, I've spent some months in Africa, if you add it all up together, and I've seen that beautiful dress sense is 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 just something sublime and, and and I love the idea of using that. I didn't want to be exotic about it. I mean her dress sense is no more unusual than the doctor's, you know, red scarf and and that that, that wine red coat. It's just these are the clo- and she's not a human of course. She's not African any more than the doctor is an Englishman. They're both aliens. They both come entirely from elsewhere, but she dresses in the way that makes her comfortable. And I like that. I like that as an image and that so that ended up as a part of Milady as a presence in the story. That sense of African dress was something that just was a part of her when she came into my imagination. But I suppose, as I say, she's been lingering around in a sort of way for many, many years. Marcel clicked his fingers. He was like Sherlock Holmes solving a problem. Maybe it is what we're looking for, the thing that is drinking up time. Milady looked impressed. Good thinking, you sparkling boy. She paused perhaps giving the matter thought. Hmm. It hasn't the strength. This couldn't cause serious damage to the universe if it was the size of a star cluster. I do wish you wouldn't praise me for my intelligence and then tell me I'm wrong. Dear boy, if I was to wait until you were right, there would only be silence between us, and we do all enjoy being praised. What I actually wanted was initially just the Dalek invasion at the beginning and then the Dalek haunted house scene you know the, the, the spaceship full of dead Daleks it was actually David Richardson's idea he said look why don't you actually make it a Dalek story and that was an extra very exciting you know Adric didn't meet the Daleks on television it's always really cool to have characters meet the Daleks and it added another dimension to it uh, and they became, of course, a really big part of it. And it made total sense, because the minute I talked about it with David, you know, one of the things that we understood that with the setting of the story being what it is, what Doctor Who aliens are most likely to be found in that setting? What are the aliens that are most desperate with ambition that would take them there? And it made sense that it would be the Daleks. They are absolutely the kind of creature that would want to be, to have the power that, that, that they're hoping to, to get in this setting without, without giving it away. So it made total sense for them to be there and, and added a great deal of, of uh, enjoyment for me in the, in the making of the story. Two new Daleks skimmed forward. They were coloured a very deep purple, which lent them an imperial air. One of the purple Daleks spoke. We will observe your work. We must escape the vortex. If you cannot help us, you will be exterminated. Just go to bigfinish.com and type watchers into the search pane at the top to seek, locate and experience this <laughs> latest Fourth Doctor audiobook adventure. Oh. And now we're just minutes away from our 15-minute drama tease for The Worlds of Blake Seven, the Terra Nostra starring Sally Nivette and Michael Keating. But first, what time is it, Nick? It's time for the Randomoid Selectatron, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. <laughs> well, Ran has been uh, initiated, and we have here Blake 7, The Liberator Chronicles, Volume 10. Oh, right, okay, how am I going to find fitting. that? 
Mm, it is, isn't it? Yeah. That, Ran is incredible, isn't it? Ran, honestly, and I, I, as I always say, and I am telling the truth, it is entirely random. This is this is what, what comes up, so believe me. Uh, so is, volume 10. Volume 10, oh. released November 2014, um, which includes stories, maybe this will help, uh, Valandra, Retribution, and Ministry of Peace. Oh, I'll write That's a very uh, ministry, Blake Seven minis- Ministry of Peace. Ah, there we are. That was yeah. a brilliant steer there. There it is. Uh, let's hear the trailer. I'm a good thief. Although even the best thieves get it wrong sometimes. There was one time I got it very badly wrong. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. I knew you'd come back, right? A third member of my crew came battling into the black room in a hail of gunfire. My associates tell me that some things are worth fighting for. Will you come to Trace and help me release the Grandee? I had no option but to do this. While he remains a prisoner, the rebellion can't succeed. I had to know. I wouldn't have lifted a finger, never mind pointed a gun. Operation Hope has failed. Speranza has fallen to the rebels. Liberator moved in to attack. It doesn't matter how far or how fast you could run. You'll always find yourself back here. Blake 7, The Liberator Chronicles, Volume 10. Big finish. We love stories. So as Benji mentioned there, those stories for Landra, Retribution, Ministry of Peace. Uh, we've got Steve Lyons, Andrew Smith and Una McCormack writing there. Oh. Solid team. Solid, Solid team. team. Yeah. Gareth Thomas as Blake, oh. the late great Gareth Thomas and the late great Paul Darrow as Avon. And the late great Jacqueline Pierce as Serverland. Oh. Uh, yeah. And also featuring Michael Keating, uh, Stephen Greif and... Good old John Banks, who's done so many big finishes. If he tattooed the titles on his body, you wouldn't be able to see his skin for the ink. <laughs> there we go. The truth. That if ever there was some. Um... Well, I'll tell you something that has made me very happy. I went on to the production credits and I just I just saw this and it just it, it did something. It just made me feel very, very happy. It says theme music by Dudley Simpson. I just saw it. To see that is just rather nice, isn't it? Yeah, great sound design from um, Martin Montague as well. And music by Jamie Anderson. Jamie Anderson, Jamie Robertson. I'm always always getting my Jamies wrong. Sorry. (laughs) Well, um, while I email Jackie Emery at Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach the offer to... Uh, which of you would like to explain, I can guess, uh, how you get the 25% discount? Go on, Heather. You can do it. <laughs> can I? Okay. I mean, I... Oh, God. Um, you go to bigfinish.com. Oh, and yeah. this isn't in the script. I'm literally just getting this off the top of my head. Go to bigfinish.com. I think you go on the podcast page. Correct. And that will give you a link to where you can find the Randomoid Selectatron. And then... You go to the Randomoid Selectatron and you type in a code. What's the code, Benji? It's buck up. B-U-C-K-U-P. Enter that one in and you shall find your discount. 
and then you'll have your lovely Blake 7 release to uh, add to your account. Superbly done there. It's worth mentioning just quickly as well that when you put when you go onto that podcast page, you will find the link inside that you have to click read more and it brings you to like another page and that's where it will be. But yeah, you nailed it. It's, well it's, done. It's ultra I, simple. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't actually expecting you to, to, to do that. Yeah, well, so in the, in the script better. you sent me, it just says impro. That's what we did. That's we did. exactly what we did, and we delivered we delivered it perfectly, I think. Quality impro. Not for the first time, Heather. I'm proud of you. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Ran, for another uncannily selected delight. It was uncanny, wasn't it? Yeah. It was uncanny. Now, that uncanny. was in the script. Yeah, it was. That was written in the script. I always think it's going to be uncanny, but I just... Yeah, it really was uncanny, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, next week's podcast... Stop blowing all the secrets, Heather. Uh, next week's podcast is out on Sunday the 16th of January. She's as bad as Colin Baker. He kept reading out bits of script before we got to them. <laughs> you can cut it out. It's fine. No, no, leave it all in. Uh, yes, the the next week's podcast on the 16th of January is entitled Eight and Ninth Doctors. Probably Ooh. should be Eighth and Ninth, actually, shouldn't it? Or Eight and Nine. I don't know eight that. and nine or eighth and ninth. Eight and ninth. Yeah, it would be eighth and ninth. Eight and nine, nine sounds like a really weird uh, old-fashioned money amount, doesn't it? Eight and nine. Eight and, <laughs> it also sounds like a name, doesn't it? My name's eight and nine. Eight seven, and seven of... What's that character in uh, Deep Space Seven nine? of nine, is Seven it? of nine. Seven of nine. Seven eight of nine, yeah. nine, we should call it. Uh, because Ace it features, of ones. <laughs> it features... Just random now. Uh, because it features... Uh, a behind-the-scenes look and a drama tease of Charlotte Pollard, the further adventurous starring India Fisher, and um, I think Paul McGann's in it as well. And also available and good review throwback to The Ninth Doctor Adventures Ravagers starring Chris Eccleston. And by the way, the Charlotte Pollard episode is entitled The Mummy Speaks. <laughs> it's a corker. I can't... Uh, yeah, it's written by Alan Barnes. It's really, really Oh, that's going to be good. I mean... There's there's a gorilla in it as well. <laughs> it's really funny and beautifully done. Well, it's just time now to thank Heather for her participation. Dare we ask Heather, how's it been for you? Um, well, I'll have to talk to my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been it's been lovely. It's been it's been really nice because normally I listen to these podcasts but now I'm now I'm in one and it's it's been nice hanging out with you two as well because we don't we don't get to do this very often that's uh, true. That so it's, true it's nice to hang out and hear what people have got to say from the emails and yeah I've had a I've had a nice time you've made me laugh hysterically which I Excellent. both loved and hated um <laughs> exquisite torture yeah yeah Super. uh but yeah, thank you very, very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you for being here. Absolutely, absolutely. As always, thanks to you all for listening as well and continue to support our audio endeavours. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and pass the world around about Big Finish because honestly, you know what? We do it for the love of stories. Uh-huh. Not just our love, but yours too. Uh, Nick and I will be back next week. Heather, it's for you to decide whether you want to come back or not i think you'll be back where will you be alfred's well we'll have to see everyone's <laughs> roaming gonna be on the wilds of Derbyshire. yeah everyone's gonna be on tender talks <gasps> will she come back i don't know maybe one day oh no i no. can't i can't
can't because I'm recording. Yeah, you see, busy. I, I'm busy. busy. I'm busy. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm, I'm. I've got my headphones on for another reason. So, sorry, guys. That's it. Weekend ruined. I'm not coming back for the next one. <laughs> I'm not coming back. See you later. Yeah. Door slams. <laughs> we never saw her again. Yeah. Heather emigrated to Bulgaria. Sorry, I'm in Derbyshire. Life. That's remote enough. Heather emigrated to Derbyshire, down to the bottom of the garden. Sorry, um, I was doing the, the summing up thing. Nicholas Briggs stayed exactly where he is, sitting on that chair. Wondering if you should walk more. Point down the lane. Time now for the worlds of Blake Seven, the Terra Nostra mm. Stimulus Response by James Kettle. yourself as comfortable as you can. The head and arm rests are already adjusting to the shape of your body. Please remove any items of jewellery and place them in the punnet beside you. And relax. I am here to make your dream come true. I bet you say that's for all the boys. Please say your name. Nah, thanks. I will need to find out a lot about you. You sound like customs. To create your dream, I need to understand you. That's how we make the right dream for each of our dreamers. A perfect match between stimulus and response. Help me understand you. Here's how to understand me. I'm the sort of bloke that doesn't like talking to an AI interface. Please say your name. Anything you want to tell me stays here. I won't share it with anyone else. My name's Ravel. The spelling is R. Where do you feel safe, Ravel? What? When you imagine being safe, what do you picture in your mind? Uh, a beach. A, a drink. Strong. A gill. No. Three gills. A picture my mother. Your mother? Yeah. I picture her as far away as possible. What are you doing to my arms? You're being connected to the green. These are just some teeny tiny wires popping in under your skin. My least favourite kind of AI. Cutesy. At the end of your dream, the wires will slip back out, and they won't leave a mark. I promise. Just tell me more about that safe place. It's warm. Not too hot, just a, a lovely early summer heat. What can you hear? 
the waves. And my own breathing, so gentle. In and out. With the waves. I, I can hear them. Relax and float away with the dream. I can feel the sun on me. I'm on Earth, but the sun's safe to lie out in. So hot. Oh, sweat. Tell me the things you like to do. I can't lie here no more. It's too hot. Turn it down, please. Is there anything in your life you'd like to change? I said turn it down. Turn it down, it's burning. Would you like to look any different? I can't. Help! Take in my skin, please. Shake any one of my five hands and we've got a deal. And there you are. What an amazing story. But Rax, I didn't think it was possible to buy and sell plants. It's all about the art of the deal. However, if someone thinks they're getting a tropical paradise and it turns out to be a gravel pit full of savages, then by the time the money hits your account, you really want to be in the next solar system. More champagne? Do you want to drink it out of the glass this time? Oh. Oh, I do love a day at the beach. <clears throat> How long have you been on store, Jaden? A year. The office thinks I'm working from home. You might wonder what would happen if the boss finds out, but as I am the boss, not much. You try the dream yet? I'm already living the dream. I don't need one simulated for me. That's for idiots. Oh, I do it once a week. Yeah, that would follow. I dream that I'm in the mountains. High up in the mountains, climbing in the snow, living with animals, maybe. Ridiculous. Why? No one's ever satisfied, are they? You're on a planet with an endless beach, and you dream about living the life of an obsidian goat herder. It's not all beaches on Store Jaden. There's problems here. Running out of ice for margaritas does not constitute a problem. I don't mean that. You don't know everything. They tell me this new president is going to sort things out. Servalan? No. I mean the new president of Store Jaden. Ah, of course. Democracy. This place really does have everything. I think my favorite part is... Can I help you? Clear off and find another client. <laughs> I don't believe I've had the pleasure. This is business. Not pleasure. And as crowds of thousands congregate here outside the newly established presidential residence, formerly the Palace of Ferran Bingo, President Hessler and the First Lady return their cheers with a happy salute from their balcony. For this is a day not of revolution but of celebration, marking a transfer of powers happily seeded by our friends in the Federation. And it is an opportunity for the new leader to make some of the changes he campaigned on, improving the image of Store Jaden to the outside world while maintaining its hard-won prosperity. I think they want me to make a speech. It's not the time for that, my love. They won't hear it over the cheering. 
Today's the day to just soak it up. And tomorrow? From tomorrow, we don't waste a moment. Look at them. Right now, those people love you. That kind of love doesn't last forever. <laughs> Spoken like a true wife. I'm serious, Artem. You have to take this opportunity. We use the strength they give us to stand up to the Federation. They won't make me their puppet, Mel. We take them on, and we take on the organized crime. Enough for a first term, isn't it? Store Jaden, cleaned up, and independent. And for now, <laughs> we smile and wave. Oh, perhaps a kiss. They say you're a reasonable man, Rax. This is a reasonable proposition. Do I know you from somewhere? If we're going to make a deal, we need to start out by being honest with each other. I'm Jenna Stannis. Of course, of course. I never forget a face. Especially not when I've seen her on a list of most wanted. You're one of Blake's crew. That's all over now. I make my own plans and I don't rely on anyone else but me. Well, you've been honest with me. I'll be honest with you. I'm a legitimate businessman. I don't find politics very interesting. And getting mixed up with a terrorist... A freedom fighter. It doesn't seem a good way to stay healthy and wealthy. Herculaneum. What about it? There's not a lot of it about. Wildly valuable. I'd have said obscenely, but it's a class five metal. You can't move it without Federation say-so and without them taking their cut. That's my cargo. Unregistered Herculaneum. The Federation don't know it exists, which means pure profits for whoever manages to trade it. Sit yourself down, Captain Stannis. Jenna is fine. Store Jaden's a good place for that sort of deal. If you can manage to get it through ionospheric customs. I managed. Only just. And I don't want to risk a return trip. I came here to meet a man called Ravel. Mm, never come across him. And I thought I knew everyone who's everyone. He's not the sort of person you'd invite to a dinner party. For one thing, he's a smuggler's fence. And for another, he's dead. Ah. Which tends to ruin the atmosphere. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm more concerned about the money. That's what I meant. We'd fixed a price. I wanted to be in and out. It's not safe for someone with my track record to be in the same place for too long. And so you come looking for me. You've got the contacts to turn a huge profit on Herculaneum. Well, that may be true, but alas, what you've failed to take into account is that I never like to risk my own money. I think it's an allergy, you know? Other people's money, I'm absolutely fine with, but my own? Oh, the whole idea brings me out in hives. So, this is a waste of time. Not if you don't know the Terra Nostra. What? Because if you don't, I dare say I could introduce you. The Terra Nostra are here on Store Jaden. <laughs> well, did you ever know a beach planet that wasn't riddled with organized crime? Leisure and lawlessness go hand in hand. I shouldn't be surprised they've got a presence on every colonized world. And they swarm round Store Jaden like flies on a corpse. <laughs> Colourfully put. I would only ask for a modest finder's fee for myself. The middleman must have his percentage. Have you dealt with the Terra Nostra before? It didn't leave me rushing back to repeat the experience. Well, I can understand that. But if you want a quick deal for your Herculaneum... Then maybe I 
don't have much choice. Mr. President, Mrs. Hessler, am I the first person to shake hands with Store Jade's new leader? Oh, what a privilege. Uh, oh, thank you very much. Uh... Space Commander Tudor. That's right, isn't it? Your wife is always so very well informed about Federation matters, Mr. President. She's the details person. And you make quite the team. Now the election's over, I can tell you. You were always the Federation's preferred candidate. That's a bit of a surprise. Uh, no, well, um, I'm glad to hear it. Lucky for you I won, I suppose. Though it was never in doubt. No? No. As I said, you were the Federation's preferred candidate. May I? I hope you're not playing games, Space Commander. We've heard all about the tactics of psycho-strategists. Ah, all a thing of the past. This is an era of openness and trust. Hmm. Isn't it always? Mr. President, I'm looking forward to working with you as your first liaison point with Space Command. Yes, good. No, no that, that, that's great. Uh, I want to say right from the start, we want a, a strong relationship between Store Jaden and the Federation. We may be independent, but we still want to be firm friends. I think that's an excellent way of putting it. It's a, a relationship we can both benefit from. But at the same time, friends have to be able to tell each other the truth about the crime rate on this planet, for instance. This is a concern of yours as well, Mr. President. Uh, Mrs. Hessler speaks for both of us. The Terra Nostra are a menace to this community, not just in the brothels and the gaming houses, but even on the streets in broad daylight. They're as free with their knives as they are with other people's money. The vice and violence create a stink that carries across half the galaxy. Yeah, and if we are independent, if we are to have power, then we must have the power to drive the Terra Nostra out. But of course you have. And I hope you'll do it with our help. You will help? The Federation is nothing if not a believer in law and order, Mrs. Hessler. Let's go through your plans in detail, and I'll see what I can do. You had the meeting with Hessler? Yes. It couldn't have gone better. I'd say we've got him exactly where we want him. The wife will be more difficult than we might have liked, but I don't think it'll be anything I can't deal with. Well, I should hope not, Space Commander. I don't want to bore myself by reminding you of the penalties for failure. Yes, sir. I understand that. I understand that perfectly. Looks like this way's closed off. Why all the crowds? Something to do with their election, I suppose. I don't think so. That's an aeromedic unit. Oh, of course. Even on a pleasure planet, nothing draws a crowd like someone else's misfortune. Misfortune's not the half of it. No. I don't suppose that young man's got much of a career ahead of him, unless it's in fertilizer. Don't make jokes about it, Rax. Well, that's something you need in business, Jenna. Iced blood in the veins. He looked burnt, but there's no smoke. What building were they bringing him out of? Best known building on the surface of Store Jaden. 
The place where all your fantasies come true. Well, not literally true. That is the dream. But that's where Ravel died.